Welcome to the Liberty Lounge Podcast. This is episode one, and we are starting right now. It's the podcast where we talk about freedom and fun and issues with the Constitution of the United States. We love America, and we're going to talk about all sorts of things. I'm joined with my friend Anthony of the Armed Scholar Channel. Anthony, who are you? What are you? What are you about? What am I? I'm a human person, but uh, my name is Anthony. Most people know me online as the Armed Scholar. I have a YouTube channel where I discuss a lot of Second Amendment issues, cases, politics, news, all those things. Um, I'm an attorney. I practice in California, and it's awesome just to be here. We started this because we want to talk with some buddies. So it's uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I love you guys. I love getting to talk with you guys, and I think the audiences are going to really enjoy these conversations. So, but Jared, we're joined by Jared from Guns and Gadgets. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, you know, who you are, where you are, what you do. Well, uh, I am Jared of Guns and Gadgets on YouTube. Uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts. I fled communism and moved down to Tennessee, and hopefully we're going to get uh, Anthony here soon. Uh, retired law enforcement, 24 years, and uh, I've started to see things a lot differently as I've gotten older. I have four children, and uh, to me, uh, our freedom means everything. Without being free, uh, we don't have a country, and I want more people to be involved. And I, what I've heard constantly, and you guys correct me if, if you've heard this or not, uh, people just don't know where to get that information. So they go, come to our individual channels for specific things, but this allows us the platform to talk about more things in the freedom community where more people are interested. Uh, but uh, I am looking forward to hanging around with you guys regularly. And uh, Johnny, Mr. Johnny B., what about you? I'm Johnny B from the YouTube channel. Any guesses? Johnny B. And I talk about a lot of stuff. I really, I'm very interested in our culture. And I talk a lot about where our culture meets issues of freedom. And I also do a lot of memes. And I use humor and comedy a little bit as a tool to just kind of look at and decipher what's going on. So I like I like the 10,000 foot view, what's going on. And I'm on YouTube as Johnny B. And it's a lot of fun. I'm so excited about this episode because the three of us have been talking about this for so long. And to finally have it here, a lot of work went into this. And uh, it's exciting to sit down with uh, what I'm going to think, what I think are like-minded guys. Yeah. Venn diagrams, overlaps in things that we, that get our, that have our passion. Anthony, why are we doing this? Um, because we're friends. And, and like Johnny said, this is something we've talked about doing for a long time. It's funny. A lot of our audience members have asked us to do stuff together, to do collaborations. I mean, how many times I've been asked, you know, you should do something with Jared from Guns and Gadgets. Do you know him? Yes, I know Jared very well. We talk pretty much all day, every day. We're, we're really good friends, really good friends with Johnny. And how many times have we had conversations like we plan to have here on the podcast when we're just at events and, you know, expos and we just have these awesome conversations and a lot of times we think to ourselves man we probably should be putting that out there's probably a lot of value in that and people might actually find that interesting so that's kind of why we're doing it i think it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to give us opportunities to talk about things that we don't usually get to talk about on our main channel um, we get a little bit more freedom especially on the audio side uh, because the algorithms are a little bit different and just you know also just have fun with friends and i think people will enjoy just a few guys who are patriots, like-minded people talking about topics maybe you guys find interesting. So that's my thoughts behind it. That's why I was all on board and wanting to do this. What about you, Jared? What do you think? Why, why'd you decide to do this? Well, I mean, for the obvious reasons, I mean, we all have our own uh, audiences where we bring stuff that we have uh, at least created avenues in which we get information that the average person doesn't, whether it's uh, Anthony with the legal side, me with the criminal side, Johnny with the uh, talking to everybody in the industry side. Uh, it, it's it's a way for us to get more information out there where we're not stuck with like the avenue of my channel has been Second Amendment news for a decade. If I say anything that's not Second Amendment news, for instance, the border issue, it, it tends to uh, maybe anger some of the people who were there just for that that reason uh, of the Second Amendment. So this gives us a, a way to branch out. And I think it's worth noting that this is not just going to be a YouTube-based product. We will have the audio uh, wherever you can get your podcast from Apple Music to Spotify to you name it. But there will also be the video uh, part uh, that is on YouTube. And we will have links to all that stuff down below. I think for me, the, the thing 
that I feel like we're trying to do here, because when we get together, and Anthony mentioned that getting together at events, when we get together, we sit in hotel rooms or we sit at restaurants and we have these conversations. And it's the only time throughout my months of my year that I really get to have like-minded conversations. I mean, Jared literally has the constitution tattooed on his body and to get to hang around people that care that deeply about this country. And that also, you know, Anthony's the armed scholar. Now the word scholar, it's a mighty big word to be. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more of the, uh, the arm note taker, but we got a full arm scholar, but to hang out with somebody that cares about this and is studied and, and this really for me, try to bring to a bigger audience, these conversations that we sit at Applebee's and have when we're on road trips together. So it's really, really exciting. The, the whole idea is, is exciting. And for those of y'all that are finding us, however you found us, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for being here on episode one. How exciting is this? Anthony, what's on your mind today? Uh, we got a lot, but I think the first things we need to cover is why we all look like a bunch of twins, why we are a <laughs> bunch of guys wearing the same shirts. Um, and I think that's, you know, because... We're trying to rally behind someone else who's also on YouTube, who's been an amazing part of the community. And Johnny, why don't you actually take this because you've been a big part of, of what's going on with Paul and, and this kind of fundraiser that's going on. You know, and what's interesting to me is because we live in this Second Amendment, Second Amendment media world, a lot of folks doesn't don't know Paul Harrell. That's kind of shocking to our brains. Right. His name is Paul Harrell, and he is an OG YouTuber, old school guy. He's been around forever. He's a YouTuber and has puts out, I mean, we're talking some valuable information, super understated, and everybody loves him. And he, at this point, is uh, a legend. And he also got a pretty tough cancer diagnosis a few months back, and he has stepped away from his channel. And it's pretty tough, and the, the prognosis is pretty bleak and pretty dark, and there's no good news when it comes to his health at this point. And so a bunch of us, including these guys, got together a few weeks ago and said, hey, we want to honor Paul Harrell and uh, had artwork made with Paul Harrell's jacket. If you don't know who he is, he wears the same jacket in every video. It's his thing. And so we're putting together a fundraiser just as a way to say thank you to Paul Harrell and a way to give back to him. And I'm telling you, the response, y'all know this, the response has been unbelievable over the last three, four, five days and overwhelming, absolutely overwhelming. Actually, just right out, right outside of the Liberty Lounge studio today, we had a semi-truck pull up with the shirts. And so it's pretty exciting. What is Paul Harrell to you, Jared? What does he mean to you? Wow, where do I begin? Uh, so I started my channel a decade ago, and it was after I watched people like Paul Harrell. I watched Paul's channel to learn new information on firearms or shooting techniques or uh, how things are affected with, you know, when you shoot meat targets. <laughs> uh, you know, he's he's one of the originals, like uh, Iraq veteran and uh, military arms channel. And Mr. Hickok 45. Hickok 45. And we're going to leave people out. But uh, he is one of the reasons I, w I started my channel. So without Paul and the originals on YouTube doing what they did, none of us would have the platform that we have. And people across the country would, wouldn't have a place where they could go and learn about Second Amendment related issues. So without Paul, there would be no guns and gadgets. And uh, I think it's an easy way for me to give back to him is by helping you guys with this fundraiser and, and be able to present a check to him and his wife uh, that can help them in their time of need. The episode is brought to you by TriStar Trading. You can find the Paul Harrell shirt at tristartrading.com. Every dollar of profit, every single dollar of profit goes directly to Paul and his wife. Nobody is making money. And I will say this, that uh, the creators, even the ones here on this show that work with TriStar Trading, uh, they've given up their commission for this project. And so everybody is trying to get back to Paul. So that was a long commercial to say thank you to TriStar for sponsoring this episode, but really it's it's not a commercial. Uh, again, nobody's making money on this. It's a way to say thank you to Paul Harrell. Last comment on Paul Harrell and our sponsor. Anthony, what's Paul Harrell mean to you? Like Jared said, Paul Harrell is one of those OGs and, and what we do now on YouTube, what I do on YouTube, what Jared does and Johnny does um, is built and we're kind of standing on the shoulders of giants like Paul Harrell and like uh, Jared mentioned, Hickok and Eric and all them. And so when this news came out, this is the least we can do. Um, I think the community, the gun community, the two-way community, whatever you want to call us, we do a lot of things wrong, but this was one of the really cool things to see had the community join together, um, get behind Paul and just try to do something good and just say thank you for 
all the amazing content he's put out, all the amazing information and the platform that he helped to build so that now we can do what we do here also on the platform. So, you know, it was the least that I can do. I wish we could do more and, and I wish it wasn't this situation that it is, but um, I please implore you guys, go check out the links down below in the details section, comments, wherever you're listening to this, check those links out. Um, go support Paul and his family because it is going to a good cause and it's all going to him and helping to support them. I think that's a great jumping off point. You said that we do a lot of things wrong and you know, the left, they try to talk about anybody that owns a gun and put us all into one bubble or one box and we're not. It's stratified and layered and we're a big dysfunctional family and we're not even a family, we're not even in one box. There's 13 boxes, one's buried out there in the backyard and one's on a pedestal and and there's like there we're not just one big group but sometimes we like to talk about us as one group yeah and you said a second ago we get a lot of things wrong what do you guys think where do we get it wrong where are we blowing it as a community um i think there's a lot of i mean again a lot of things we get wrong i again i think we are our own worst enemies there is so much infighting between factions within this so-called community um what is good for the hunting community is not necessarily what is good for the two-way community. Some people who claim to be gun guys aren't necessarily pro two-way guys. There are companies that are gun companies, but not pro two-way companies. So there are all these factions and there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of drama, a lot of infighting within the community. And a lot of times we are just our own worst enemies. And especially when it comes to fighting certain bills or, or things that are going on, that are anti-gun we are so fractured but the opposition that we're fighting against in these lawsuits or these bills the everytowns the giffords all of those people the anti-gunners they are very unified in their cause and over here on our side we are arguing about whether a 1911 is a good defensive gun or in glock fanboys are fighting with sig fanboys and hunters are not agreeing with other guys having AR-15. So I think we are very splintered, which is understandable. We're all people, we have different perspectives, but I think at some at some point, if we wanna get a lot of headway, we have to put these little doctrinal differences aside. And I kind of think of it sometimes like on the religious spectrum, you know, there's a lot of Christians, but there's a lot of doctrinal fragments and a lot of people are, are fighting about the doctrinal nuances, but not understanding the the cause that we're going towards. I would like to just stop and say we had a trifecta of the word doctrinal. I mean, you you, <laughs> you 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 come on here, you download or you click play on the Liberty Lounge podcast, and you're getting. I mean, that's a level that I didn't think we'd have on episode one. Doctrinal. Say it with me, y'all. <laughs> doctrinal. doctrinal. <laughs> he, he is the scholar. Uh, I think one of the things we get wrong is we don't work together as much as we could in this community uh, on an individual basis. Uh, everybody wants to be the best they can possibly be in their field, in their profession, right? And if you don't, then you're not really, you know, are you really a good businessman if you don't want to be the best you could possibly be? I think that sometimes will keep us away from working with each other as as good as we could if we kind of just let that veil down a little bit. Uh, and I, that's what I think we can do with this podcast is to help each other realize maybe where we might need to go a different direction. Um, for me on my channel, you guys know, I, I've been using the word solidarity a lot. Uh, I think 2024 is a big year for this country. We have a huge election coming up with the future of the country might, you know, drastically change. We have uh, issues down at the border. Uh, we have crime going rampant. And I think that if we in our community worked better together, we could get a better handle on how we can talk to other folks to make them realize that we aren't the bad people. You know, there are 300 plus million of us gun owners in this country. If we were the problem, people would know about it. And I think if we work together, we can maybe better uh, come across the folks and, and get that message across. And like, we're just, we're in it for freedom. We're in it to make sure that our children and our grandchildren will be as free as our grandparents were. And I can't say that's, that's happening right now. And it's partly because we are so fractured, like Anthony said. I think for me, like, like talking about these different areas and it's, it's always been frustrating to me and it's, it's easy to, to uh, pick on politicians mostly because they're all criminals and uh, most of them, uh, 
98% of all politicians give the rest a bad name. <laughs> but it's tough for me because there's a lot of men and women in politics that are kind of in the middle. And they always, all of them during election season, they do that stupid hunting commercial. And they've got this the plaid shirt on that's stiff as a board that they've never actually worn. And then they try to hold the rifle. Even Obama has got that class. And it's actually a pretty good shot because on the Obama picture, the, the video, when he shoots that shotgun, you can see the gas come up and the sunshine. It's really well done. But isn't it, Anthony, isn't it frustrating to see politicians who oh, try to be it, one of us and the way they do it is through the tradition of hunting? Yeah. One of us. One of, yeah, no, it's so, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Uh, anytime you see a politician who's super pro 2A or, oh, I have an A-plus rating from the NRA and I'm so super pro-gun. Yeah, no, so what at this Yeah, at this point? Well, that's a whole tangent about the NRA itself. Maybe we'll get into that at some point, but... Uh, yeah, it's very frustrating to see a Paul. And then you see the, the video or the picture of it and you go, oh, that guy's never held a firearm in his life. You, you just immediately can tell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's frustrating. And they try to co-opt our, our, our belief system to win, you know, percentage of a vote because they think that if they put out something with them in a orange shooting vest and a shotgun, that all of a sudden I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, immediately I'm giving you my vote. So yeah, it's frustrating. What about you, Jared? What do you what do you think when you usually see those things? Uh, I think that it's a sham. Um, I think that they're trying to prey on the folks who aren't uh, in the loop, so to speak, uh, and just try to say, "Look at me, I'm the same as you. Give me your vote, put me to work, so I can, you know, do really good at trading stocks." And it's not that we're so against politicians. Like it's not that every politician can't be as cool as we are. We're not gatekeeping the gun world. It's not like, oh, we've, we're really good with guns and we're super users. And if, if you don't do it just the way we do, we're upset. It's not, that's not the point. It's when they roll out and they have not had a gun in their hand in six, 16 years since they were a kid. Right. My grandfather taught me to hunt. I will yeah. say this, Thomas Massey, y'all remember back during the, uh, the hearings on the bump stocks and that ding dong up north who I won't even say his name started rattling about the bump stock and blah, blah, blah. And Massey got rattling about it. Man, he took him to task. He knew what he was talking about. Yeah. And he did it from uh, like like an actual user. And so it's not like we're yeah. against all politicians owning guns. I think it's great. I would love yeah, to see one of us. And, and, you know, cheers to Brandon Herrera. Man, if he gets elected and I'm doing my part to help him, uh, cheers to him. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely one of yeah. ours. If you guys don't know who Brandon Herrera, Herrera is, you need to check him out. He is uh, one of the biggest Second Amendment proponents on YouTube, uh, the AK guy. He's running for Congress in his district in Texas, and it's the largest. He told me this, and I, I, I don't want to give the number because I'll probably have that wrong, but his district has the most miles of border with the U.S. and Mexico than any other in Texas, which could help a lot if you guys and gals live in that district. You might want to have somebody who is a big proponent of you protecting yourself as well as protecting the state. Speaking of the border, holy smokes, what is going on down there, guys? <laughs> it's, a, it's a different a world. Yeah. Uh, it, there's a lot going on. We uh, So we know that uh, for years, uh, the current administration and, and all administrations have their faults when it comes to the border. If not, it would have been uh, secured decades ago. Uh, but the current administration, we're seeing people come across the border illegally. I'm all for legal uh, immigration, but illegally at a number we've never seen at, by by exponential numbers. And crime has gone up. We've seen, uh, you know, MS-13 and, and gang activity increase, not just near the border, but in every sanctuary city where Governor Greg Abbott seems to ship them to. Uh, so much so that New York is is declared a state of emergency and they can't take any more folks and Massachusetts is shutting down uh, the airport where this, so they can sleep at night. And uh, you know, there's other places in this country that are taking away uh, buildings or activity centers for taxpayers mm -hmm. so that they can, uh, you know, keep folks who shouldn't be here uh, illegally, at least they're here illegally. So governor Abbott has taken, he's had enough and he has taken control of Eagle pass in defiance of the Joe Biden administration, uh, they've continued to put up sections of the border wall uh, out of the budget of Texas. Uh, so at least somebody is doing something. And I know there's people out there that are going to say, well, why is he doing it now? But at least somebody's doing something. What do you guys think? 
I think we need to secure the northern border too. I'm tired of Canada. Like I'm done with those people as well. <laughs> no, I'm just tired of those maple leaves and their syrup. Blame Canada. <laughs> they get those cool red uniforms and ride around on horses. Dudley do right. Yeah, I think it's tough. And I love the point what you said because we we are so conditioned by the freaking media to go left or right, left or right. Neither you, it's one or the other, and it's a challenge that to say, hey, you know what? Every president has had border issues. If they didn't, the we, the border would have been secured a long time ago. I also, and, and Anthony, tell me your, your, your response to this. I, I think it's so ironic and fantastically, I don't know any fancy terms like uh, Anthony's got, but I'm going to call it stupid, that we are sending dump truck loads of money to Europe to help them secure their borders. But if you mention it here, you're an ist or an ob or a phobe. Anthony, am I wrong? Uh, I don't think you're wrong. And also for all the viewers and listeners, don't let Johnny fool you. He is quite the intelligent individual. He, he it's you remind me of that uh, Marilyn Monroe was it Marilyn Monroe quote where it takes a smart girl to play dumb. Yeah, I think Johnny. He, he is a smart girl. Don't, don't let him fool you. He's a, he's a smart girl. He is a smart girl. Please like and subscribe. <laughs> be around Please here. Like We're going to be here for a lot more of that. Subscribe wherever you're finding us. Subscribe. <laughs> And more of that from Anthony. Tell me more, young lady. Tell me more how I'm like Marilyn <laughs> yeah, Monroe. You. Hey, maybe it's just the looks. No, but I mean the border. The border issue. It's it's a mess, and it's not even just um, Texas specific border issue anymore, Johnny. Like you mentioned, it's the Canadian border, and it's not. And it's not just staying isolated to those specific areas. It's bleeding into every state, like Jared mentioned, uh, big metropolitan cities. My own local area right now, we're dealing with it because uh, a shipment of individuals came, were sent from Texas, the El Paso area, went to Denver. Denver didn't want them, put them on a bus and sent them to my local area. And my local area with no notice all of a sudden got the bus shipment of, of people. And now they're taking up a local Holiday Inn area, like Jared mentioned, taking up resources and, and all that. So it's it's an absolute mess. The legal ask, The legal side of it is an absolute mess. And I've done videos on it, and I think, Jared, you've done a video on it. But the Supreme Court recently um, stepped in in some way, uh, siding with, in, in some way, with the federal government uh, in a five to four order, issuing them a stay on a preliminary injunction, which was granted by the Fifth Circuit, uh, which would have halted the federal government from cutting the constant wire in specific areas. Now, the Supreme Court did not specifically say anything affirmatively as far as stopping Texas from doing certain things. That's not what that order was. It was just a, an emergency stay. But it, it's also concerning because, and Jared, we've talked about this a lot, and Johnny, I'm sure you've talked about it. We are seeing justices like Amy Coney Barrett and Roberts. Roberts is always a, a wild card anyways, but specifically Amy Coney Barrett, she's jumped the line multiple times at this point to side with the federal government and grant them stays on emergency basis. And that even just caused a lot of concerns within itself. Then you had that letter from Abbott going out to the Biden administration, the Biden administration giving him a vague threat of 24 hours, but nothing came of that. And a lot of people are concerned, you know, what's going to happen because you had a lot of those states giving support to Texas and sending resources down to Texas for the border. So it is a huge cluster. It's not good. I don't think it's going to be resolved at any point. And I think it's probably going to be one of those really big election talking points that's going to last probably up to the election and well beyond because it's going to be it's going to continue to be the new president or the continuing president's problem for a while. Well, you have half the country that has sided with Texas. You have states yeah. that have said, you know what, if you don't want to do it, federal government will do it. And when, for those who like history, when is the last time you saw 16, 18, 25 states uh, side against the federal government. Something big happened, right? Mm -hmm. What's talking? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is like, and, and, you know, when you, those of us that, uh, you know, study a little bit of history or at least have read Wikipedia. Yeah. It's scary to think about the end result. And like, I think about like, what's coming next? Like, what's the end result when you flood in people like, like 10,000 a day, 50,000 a day, hundred thousand a day, depending on which reports you hear, but a lot, a lot of people, that are going to struggle to do anything besides take. They're not giver, not all of them. Like it's hard to lump everybody into one in one category. And these are also humans because uh, I love Jesus, but I cuss too much. I'm a Christian. And I think you guys know that. Yep. 
And so it's tough as a Christian to deal with these issues. But from a fiscal standpoint, Anthony, does that mean money? I think it does. And yeah. from a from a fiscal situation, Good job, Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Mister. Happy birthday, Mister President. I think from a fiscal situation, like what's the end result? Because you have folks coming in, and like uh, like it's just overwhelming. And where are we going to be down the road? And it's making me nervous. I sound like an old person to say I'm nervous for my children and my grandchildren. But holy smokes, like like like, how do we dig out of this? I I don't know what's coming. To Jared's point of when was the last time states bound together? How about the last time when that, that Texas and uh, Pee Wee Herman with the Alamo had that little building down there where they were fighting for the autonomy of their state? And I don't think it's just about this is our country. Stay out. I think it's about the aut- autonomy of our own people and being able to have our own. Though we are blended. We've been blended since day one. We are an amalgamation. We're Plato smashed together, different colors. It's great. I love this place. But the bottom line is we are being invaded. Anthony, is that a fair word to say we've been invaded? Yeah, and and it's with some of the recent things that are happening at the border. I, I'm I'm sure you guys saw that interview of the random guy coming and they're saying, "Who are you? You know, where did you come from?" And he, he was saying, "Like, oh, you'll know soon." And I think it ended up the reports ended up coming that he was a known terrorist on a on a watch list. Yes. Um, so those the it's not just. You know, people for a lot of people like to characterize and Johnny said, lump people together, just saying, oh, they're just all coming from Mexico. It's not just from Mexico. It's from all other countries. It's people that we don't necessarily want here who do not have our security or safety or our family security and safety in the be- their best interest. Um, and it, it's yeah, it's getting out of control and it's not going to stay and it has not just stayed isolated to Texas in these uh, border states at all. Um, what do you think, Jared? I mean, I think a lot of people on the two way side and the firearm side are taking our training and our protection a little bit more serious, especially as these things start to ramp up and as talks about maybe what will happen with this uncertainty between States binding together behind this cause. What are your thoughts on that? Well, from a career in law enforcement, I am really, really focused on people being their own first responder and we saw what happened to those two cops in, in New York where they were swarmed by illegal immigrants, like kicking them and trying to you know, get them off of their, uh, their friend there. And, and those cops sustained injuries. And that is happening regularly now. Like crime is out of control. And if you, you have a lot of places over the last few years that focus like on defunding law enforcement and, and, and you know, cutting police forces and stuff like that, the, the focus on our safety has always been on us. We are the ones... When evil decides in a, in a blink of an eye to say, today's your day, you have but seconds to respond to be your own safety net. And you can't call a cop to respond in that short a period of time. And people will, will try to say, like, only police should have, have weapons and stuff like that. And I can't tell you how wrong that is. Just in 24 years, I can tell you that cops don't. They don't, uh, they're not, most of them are not proficient with their, their firearms. Uh, many of them have uh, this attitude now that, you know, the government's against us and you're, you're going to get delayed response times because, you know, the call volume's gone up and, and the funding's gone down and stuff like that. So for me, um, it's really important that those who do realize that the Second Amendment is for everybody that they have that ability to say, you know what, I'm going to start being a better protector of my wife, my children, my husband, my my 80-year-old grandmother, my community, my neighborhood, my state. That's what the Second Amendment is for. And I think people should be training more. Uh, I think I should be training more. Uh, I think that I should be having my children starting to train more, my wife to train more. And that's part of our right. And there's a movement or this government to stop that. What do you think, Johnny? You know, I think it's interesting, like tying this back to the border situation, you know, the border's almost like it's from without coming to within, trouble from without coming in. But I think a lot of it is like we're doing it to ourselves. Like you've been in law enforcement since Bill Clinton was in office and you've seen it all. Like you've seen good systems, bad systems. And I think we're at the point now where I I saw one the other day where it was in New York and they've, you know, there's bail for everybody or no bail or whatever you, you get arrested. They just give you a ticket. Doesn't matter if it's a felony, they give you a ticket and send you on your way. And there was a a terrorist on the subway 
putting really horrible things in people's faces. I won't even say it out loud, but just awful, awful stuff and uh, biohazard stuff and no arrest. And that is the policy of that government. That's not trouble from without coming in. That's us doing it to ourselves. Anthony, is this planned? Is it just happening? How are we getting the point where at every level, federal, state, and local, municipal, it's it's we're taking away the consequences of nonsense? Oh, I mean, there's there's a lot that's planned and there's a lot of strategic things that are going on as far as certain legislation that's been passed and you know, one of the things Jared was alluding to there is the recent uh, ban on paramilitary activity. So that was, uh, Jared, correct me, that was S3589, I think, um, that's been introduced into the Senate right now. Um, I believe there's a House clone bill. And it's one of the most, I implore you guys, go watch my video on it, go watch Jared's video on it, go read it for yourself. We have it up here on the screen. Uh, it's an insane piece of legislation. It aims specifically to ban people from being organized in potential militia formations or any type of organized structure, any groups of three or more people uh, with a bunch of vague language. And the whole focus of that bill is to prevent you from being trained and uh, learning how to use your firearm. But it's not even isolated to that. Some of the language is so broad that it could ban a lot of other things as well. And that's really what they want. We've seen, like I said, there, it's, it's multifaceted. It's legislation and bills that, and other policies that are so layered. I mean, with, for example, in California with SB2, even after the Bruin decision, they're trying to still ban concealed carry. Um, and then on top of that, when you have states like California, where they're trying to ban also on top of that possession of certain firearms and ammunition restrictions. And, and then you're not even talking about the judicial system with the no bonds and no bails that Johnny's alluding to and um, our prison systems being flooded. And, you know, in my area specifically, we we're pretty inundated with, the prison systems and they're declassifying certain offenders from level fours to threes to twos to ones and letting people who are violent criminals who probably should be in prison for the rest of their life, letting them back onto the street and then layer that on top of a lot of immigration issues um, and police defunding of police that aren't addressing some of these issues or don't want to get involved in these issues anymore because of how they've been dealt with in the media. And it's just it, like, I do think it is planned, it's organized, and it's multifaceted, and it's layered on each other so that it's kind of leading to, in some ways, in my opinion, the downfall of our nation if we don't course correct. And it's not going to just be one silver bullet and one specific issue that needs to be resolved. It's going to be kind of a comprehensive overhaul of addressing all these different layers. So, that, I mean, that's just my perspective. Johnny, uh, you know, what What do you think? I do. I gave you a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo on top of that as well. And I talked about that paramilitary bill. Did you, have you looked into that at all? What, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I did? have, I think the whole idea where they're saying that maybe, maybe we shouldn't be allowed to train and paramilitary is so scary. The, the musicians, how about the magicians, Penn and Teller, when they had their show called Bullcrap years ago, they did an on air and these guys, they are not on our side. They are some leftists like communist leftists. But they did a breakdown of the Second Amendment and how air freaking tight it is. And it is it is doggone airtight. And the idea of people, citizens, patriots, training, that's going to hold up in court. I'm not the lawyer of the trio of us, and uh, but that that is going to hold up. If you want to train, go freaking train. Since the founding of this country, since those guys laid down, and died in the summer of 76, 1776, the idea of citizen soldiers, uh, that's going to hold up. Anthony, that's holding up in court, right? That is going to hold up in court. Oh, it'll hold up. And what I find interesting, I don't want to kind of throw this to Jared because we haven't really talked about this bill at all, but I find it hilarious a lot of times on the anti-gun side, one of the big arguments that they love to throw out that has been debunked by the Supreme Court in multiple layers is that the Second Amendment only applies to the militia. It only applies to firearms used in the militia. It only applies to people serving within the militia. So that's one of the big arguments they still love to throw out, even though it's it's no longer legal legally viable at all. And then you have this bill come along where they say, okay, also on top of this argument that we love making, we're just also going to try to ban militias and private organizations. And it kind of implodes on their own argument. Jared, what do you what do you think about that? Because we haven't really talked about it much. I know you did a video on it yourself. What do you think about this absurd bill? This bill is 
in my mind, it's it's probably the worst anti-gun bill we've seen uh, for several reasons. And uh, for those who are watching on the YouTube, uh, we'll put it up on the screen. And for those who are on the audio, uh, I'll read you what I think is the worst part of the bill. Uh, there are sister bills, one in the Senate, one in the House. Uh, the Senate version is 35, uh, 3589, and that was submitted by Senator Markey out of Massachusetts. And uh, the House version was submitted by uh, Jamie Raskin out of Maryland. And the the, the bills are, are entitled the Preventing, Pri uh, Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act of 2024. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. Uh, but I do want to show folks uh, page four, which is eye-opening. If you are somebody who understands our freedoms, this should really uh, anger you. And let me uh, come over here and go to page four and give you the list because this is just crazy. Uh, it's the unauthorized private paramilitary, paramilitary activity, the offenses. It shall be unlawful to knowingly, in a circumstance described in subsection B, which comes after this, while acting as part of or on behalf of a private paramilitary organization and armed with a firearm, explosive, or incendiary device, or other dangerous weapon. And these are the things they want to stop us from doing. Uh, publicly patrol, drill, or engage in techniques capable of causing bodily injury or death or to interfere with, interrupt, or attempt to interfere with or interrupt government operations or a government proceeding. That's our First Amendment. Uh, interfere with or intimidate another person in that person's exercise of any right under the Constitution of the United States. So you can't exercise your rights if it angers somebody else's right. That's where we are in this country with this bill. Uh, you can't assume the function of a law enforcement officer, a peace officer, or public official, whether or not acting under the color of law, and thereby assert authority or purport to assert authority over another person without the consent of that person. Uh, that's what happened when we formed this country. They don't want you to do that either. They don't want you to train to engage in any activity described in paragraphs one through four. So you can't be a better shooter. You can't uh, trained to be able to respond if your neighborhood needs you, or if your country needs you to be part of that militia, because we all are part of the militia. Uh, and then the circumstances, this is, it even gets even more wonky. If any of those, those things I mentioned are done uh, or involve traveling across state line or national border, that's, that's an additional no-no. Uh, you can't use channels, facilities, or instrumentalities of interstate or foreign commerce. Pretty much everything in our everyday lives falls in one of those uh, areas there. Uh, it can't invo involve a firearm, explosive, or incendiary device or dangerous weapon that has traveled in interstate or foreign commerce. All of them have. Uh, you can't use any ammunition or a large-capacity feeding device. So that's a magazine ban that is snuggled in this thing. Uh, it's just it's a huge violation of our constitutional rights, several of them, not just the Second Amendment, which is obvious, but our First Amendment, our, our Fourth Amendment, uh, pretty much everything uh, is looking to be violated in this bill because we're starting to need this more often now. The country's going to a point where Americans are going to have to secure America. Uh, what do you think? I think I think I need to uh, bring this down like to a uh, layperson because that was a lot of words and a lot of bills, and you guys read bills nonstop. What's the bottom line? They're trying to prevent Americans from quote unquote training. So we can't get together and practice firearms in any way. Is that correct? That's the bottom line. They're trying to keep us from training so that we don't overthrow a tyrannical government. Yes. Basically, you can't be an American because America was founded on that alone. America was founded with firearms, whether people like it or not, and they want to take away your ability to do that anymore. What do you think the outlook on this bill is? Does it have legs in either the House or the Senate? Is there legs at all? Well, that's that's the point that we have in our uh, to our advantage right now. Uh, the Senate version has one additional co-sponsor, so two people out of one hundred are behind this bill. So in the Senate, as of right now, it's going nowhere. But that doesn't mean they're not going to keep submitting it until it's they have a favorable balance. 
uh, in the house out of a potential 435, they're in it. 11 additional co-sponsors. So 12 out of 435. Uh, I'm not good with math on the fly, but that is a low percentage. So yeah. as of right now, it's dead in the water. Uh, but these are the bills that the Everytowns, the Giffords and the like, and the anti-gun establishment that has big dollars will rally or, or behind to, to get it resubmitted numerous times until they can get a favorable balance. A few months ago, my uncle had a nice little litter of Labrador puppies. I think there was like eight of them. And they're all like, you know, just fuzzy, fuzzy, wuzzy, wuzzy, little, all in a little pile. And they're so sweet and they're so cute. Imagine one of those puppies beginning to rally and champion down with fuzzy wuzzies <laughs> and everything down with four-legged fuzzy floppy-eared duck dogs down with that and they would begin to protest and write articles or write bills to protest against the very fabric of who they are this is not communist russia or communist china or communist north vietnam long live john j rambo this is not the Vietnamese coming in here. This is us, our citizens, Americans, standing up and saying down with the very fabric of the fabric of what we are as a people and the fabric of who we are as a society, and not just our foundation, but who we are as people. The three of us have trained shoulder to shoulder. We did it not that long ago out of state, shoulder to shoulder with our, with our ooh, incendiary device or dangerous weapons or whatever they called it, with our ARs. Anthony, am I wrong? This is who we are. This is like dogs protesting against being dogs. This is Americans protesting against being Americans. Yeah, this is part of our foundation. This is part of our core values, if you could say, what America was built on. Um, and I have a lot of issues with this bill. And again, I broke it down on my channel. Uh, Jared, if you could actually pull up the language there's a, uh, and go to the bottom of this, the bill, I have something else I want to hit on. But to Johnny's point, when he asked about, you know, does this have legs? Right now, based on the makeup in the Senate House, it doesn't have a lot of legs. But the reason why this was also kind of hitting the news and getting a lot of traction was also a tie into the border issue because you had a lot of states sending private organizations to support Texas, and you had a lot of private individuals joining together and going down to the border. And so in response to that, you see bills like this that are directly responding to also what's going on with the border issue and a potential a lot of unrest that we've also seen play out in, you know, recently with, you know, the COOF times, the cough period, uh, with a lot of unrest that happened then and people banding together. So this is just a structure that's kind of building on itself. And it's, it is reactionary because they're concerned about something specific happening of, of private groups joining together and trying to aid with border or whatever. Now, when you go dig even deeper into this bill at the bottom part of it. And I kind of want to get your reaction to this, Johnny, because I don't know if you've heard this yet. The, the enforcement mechanism of this bill is not isolated just to the federal government. It does say that the attorney general has the ability to bring the cause of action against a private person, like say me, Jared, and, and you get together, Johnny, and we go train. Not only can the attorney general bring the cause of action against us, but also any private individual, any other citizen, who finds out that we are organized in some way, we're out training together, if they want to file a pre-enforcement challenge, get a temporary restraining order or get an injunction against us and stop our conduct, prevent us from exercising our fundamental right to go out and train and be more proficient with firearms, that individual can go file that pre-enforcement challenge against us. Is Any just Karen. Is, can, is, is this like what I think this is? Like, is this, is this like 1931? Like for real, I, I, you're right. I haven't seen this. I haven't heard this. Are we talking about citizens reporting to the federal government on what the activities of other citizens is, especially when it comes to firearms training? Yes. <laughs> That's fantastically bad. Holy smokes. I don't know. Like, do you think people are going to care? I'm thinking about, like, I'm just hearing this for the first time. And of course, I'm, I'm wound up instantly. Like, I instantly, I'm wanting to, like, go out and, like, invade Poland. And, and there's a forfeiture. Yeah, there's a forfeiture of your firearms under the cause of action as well. So you have to forfeit your firearms and any other items that may be connected to that conduct. So imagine if me, you, and Jerry go out and train. Someone doesn't like that. Files a pre-enforcement. Gets a TRO against us. All of our firearms can be confiscated. Maybe our body armor, our ammunition, our magazines, our nods. All of these things that could potentially that we use to train with that could be tied to that conduct in some way that we're violating are subject to forfeiture. Not only does that violate Second Amendment rights and 
all these other rights. That's violation of the takings clause. A lot of issues are raised under this one bill. And again, they love to throw in that private right of action where we have citizens reporting on other citizens to the federal government. Well, they do this all the time. Like, like I'm not, I'm not huge in the drug world at all, but my understanding is you get caught with drugs in your car, they can confiscate your car. And so I I see a problem there, but I also see a precedence. Like they already do this stuff. I think it's interesting saying anything that applies or that is attached to that. So they're going to say, Hey, your, your truck is now gone. They're going to take your vehicle. They're going to take your nods. They're going to take your safe. They're going to take everything that you've got under this. My Lord, I'm glad it doesn't have legs. I think for me, the bigger picture, and Jared, tell me if I'm wrong. I think the bigger picture is the whole idea that we just continue. One of y'all mentioned that that it's part of the coof years is this idea of if you see something, say something report on your fellow brother and or your sister or are they really your sister or your brother report on that other citizen over there like a good little chinese citizen and do what you're told because the state told you to jared are we in 1984 officially yeah we have been for a couple of years it's it's bad really bad and that's one of the things why I, like i said earlier solidarity we need to get back to that uh we as americans we have our differences Uh, The three of us have our differences. We see things differently from different points of view based off of how we were raised or where we grew up and stuff like that. Uh, But we have a lot more in common as Americans than we do differences. We as Americans, we're so fractured. We're so like everybody wants to stay in there a little hovel and not talk to anybody anymore, not come out because you know, bad things can happen. Um, I've been saying all all year that uh, this year is about solidarity. A lot of this stuff can change really, really fast. I mean, look what happened after September 11th. There are issues with that whole thing. Uh, But for a a period of time, everybody flew American flags and they became Americans first again. There were no color barriers. There were no religious barriers. There were no, I need to hate you because you eat Hershey's chocolate and you're wearing this company that, you know, is woke. Uh, There there was none of that. It was, we are an American, you're an American, we're in this together. Uh, and I think we can get back to that. We really can, but people have forgotten that. And uh, I think it's going to be more of an effort on the individual end because I, I, I think we're beyond uh, something bringing this country back together as far as an incident because all of our incidents seem to pull us further apart. Yeah, I think that whole feels... We need aliens, <laughs> which they may be doing. We may need the aliens, which they're probably, hey, tinfoil hat. Usually it's you, Johnny, but we probably need aliens. No, I used to, like like people that don't know me in the real world, I I am, I mean, I'm telling you, I live with an aluminum foil hat on, and I freaking love alien stuff. And I mean, I love conspiracies, and I mean, I love it all. I love talking about it and exploring it. But I, and I used to believe in aliens until the government confirmed it. And then I'm yeah. like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, they're not real. There's right. no aliens. Obviously out there. not real. <laughs> the government's saying it. I was hoping the Miami thing with the ten foot tall people. I was like, maybe. I think I sent you guys a text. I was like, hey, these aliens, is it happening? <laughs> yeah, the aliens came to America and they got in a fist fight in a Florida mall. <laughs> yeah, the aliens Florida are mall. Florida, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, if you're an alien, wouldn't that be the first thing you do? Go down to Florida and just start punching some people out? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. So we talk about the border and we get pissed off and we talk about uh, them, them, those people trying to take over our rights or just our ability to train and be Americans. We have those of y'all that don't see us, but the background behind us is an American flag. And like the very fabric of that is standing up against tyranny. It's standing up like our, our DNA. It's in our DNA is standing up against nonsense and holding a government accountable. And then they come in and they say, hey, but you know what? Even though that's who you are, you can't train. And so I get double pissed off in this whole episode, including both the fancy language from Anthony forward. I'm getting upset about this. And I think sometimes we get, I get tired of being upset. And I think for me, I want to wrap it up with some positivity. Anthony, what's the best thing going on in the U.S. of A right now? Because I believe red, white, and blue. What gets you going right now? And why is America freaking awesome? Friends and family. I mean, the fact that I can get to do this with a couple of my buddies and we still have, you know, the First Amendment, we can exercise our free speech, no matter how much they're trying to restrict it, I can still get on and talk to my buddies, get on with my community, chat with my family. 
that brings me more joy than than anything. I think a lot of people sometimes need to focus on that. Get off the, you know, the X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, YouTube. You know, yes, it's good to stay informed, jump in every once in a while so you can get your information, get your news, but don't make it your entire personality. Remember, go out, touch some grass, you know, what what people say. Spend time with your family, go to church, do all those things that really do bring value to you, engage with your community. Um, That's what brings me the most joy and also going out and training and exercising my second amendment, right? I love to go out and shoot and train and spend time with buddies and like-minded people. And I think that's what we need to do more of. Because I think one of the bad things about social media, you know, here we are launching a podcast and on social media, and there's great, amazing things about that. But also the bad thing sometimes is we disconnect from the real world. And I think we need to spend a lot more time with like-minded people in the real world um, and just engaging because we forget so much about, you know, with, because of the internet. I mean, you've, I, you know, you guys probably look back at your childhood, like how much time did you guys, I, it's, it's crazy to me. I just had this conversation with my wife, you know, Yesterday before the Super Bowl, I was doing my walk and I saw three boys out there in our community. And there's some new builds and there's a bunch of junk out there and they're building forts and all this stuff and making a mess. And at first in my mind, I'm like, man, they're making a mess. They probably shouldn't be doing that. But then at the same time, immediately, I thought there are three boys out there, not on their phone, inside playing video games. They're out there building forts like the good old days. And that's awesome. We need more of that. We need people to get off the Internet sometimes and just go live life yeah. you're officially a grumpy old man by the way like those kids, i know i am so i've been old making a mess making <laughs> a mess hey, i corrected immediately though <laughs> jared what's the best thing in america right now uh, you know what it's gonna sound cliche but the best thing about america is being an american uh it, we have so much in this country to be thankful for and we forget so much of it we take it for granted uh myself my personal journey uh, I, I have come back to church, you know, after 35 plus years away from it. And I did that because, uh, you know, I, I felt a calling. Uh, I wanted to be a better man. I wanted to be a better husband, a better dad. Uh, and, you know, I needed to get back to what uh, I think was very important. And that's my uh, relationship with with Jesus, you know, and, and, and for everybody to have a relationship with their creator, it, it goes a great, great distance in making us better people. And I think if we focus on being better people and utilizing our rights as Americans, uh, you know, like getting out and talking to people again, uh, I think it, it, it'll empower the individual, which will ultimately empower the nation. This has been the Liberty Lounge. We are supposed to say it's the podcast where we talk about freedom, firearms, and fun, but we slipped in a little faith here today as well. The fourth F. It's the Liberty Lounge, however you found us. We are so glad that you did. It's the Liberty Lounge, and we'll see you next time.